Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Today, I'll be joined by Johnny, by Mike and Manny. We're going to discuss the Chelsea away game, look ahead to the West Ham league game. We'll touch on the Arsenal ladies that play West Ham later today and some questions and debating points. And remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. Afternoon, guys. It is afternoon. This is a very unusual one for us. This is a, a midday on Sunday, hence what we call the, the, the podcast Sunday service. So um, it might be, it might have a different feel to it. Uh, less um, beer fueled by uh, some members of our congregation here today. Um, we're going to look at the Chelsea game, guys, and we're going to look ahead to the West Ham game, as I said. Uh, we've got some of the questions and stuff to do. So I've got Johnny all the way from Brentwood. And we have got um, Scunthorpe Mike back in again. Hi, Mike. Doing? Yeah, good, thanks. A better microphone this week. We about time. Yeah, and uh, we got um, uh, Manny on sea, haven't we? Manny, where in the world are you? Yeah, I'm all the way down in Portsmouth today. Who yes, are? Yes, I'm just chilling out. Out with your sailor mates, yeah? Yeah, with my sailor mates. You know, we're having a good time <laughs> down here. <laughs> uh, okay, hello, sailor. <laughs> so, so uh, we had the prediction league um, last week uh, with the Chelsea game. The final result, unfortunately, uh, we will go into the game, but it was three-two. Um, I did predict a loss, so I'm the only one who actually gains anything out of out of our, our loss. Um, so I get uh, a point for getting the correct result, but not the correct score. Manny uh, went with Mike uh, with one-one. Our guest, which was Scunthorpe Mike, um, went with uh, 2-1 to Arsenal. And uh, Mike and Boston went with 1-1. So, one point for me. Um, what did you make of the game, guys? We've lost Johnny. Johnny will jump back on in a minute, I think. But um, Go on, Mike. What did you make of the game? I was going to say, does Manny want to go first? <laughs> no, I can talk for a while on this one. Go on, then. Uh, okay, fine. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do... I'm going to start differently. I'm going to start with the positives today and uh Gwendozy, you know for a 19 year old who's just come from the league two of of the french league he really doesn't look like it um so he was one of the positives and shock horror he will be on the left hand side right he had a great game tracking back um you know good goal great goal actually which is um my third positive if you really, I don't know if you guys watched the second goal back, but it typified what Emery wants us to do, which is play out from the back, um, keep the ball, drag the, the opposition out of position, and kill them. It was a great goal. Chelsea didn't touch the ball at all um, during that whole move. It was a great goal. Now, what did I think of the game overall? That that first half, that first half an hour, absolute shit absolute shit um defensive errors all over the place bellerin rubbish jacka <sighs> i don't i don't know how many more times i can talk about this guy um ozil went completely missing hence hence my name like that people can't see but it says where's ozil um let me bring up some stats on on our harry houdini no goals no assists no shots on target no dribbles no chances created Greatest number ten in the world. Absolute bullshit. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was it was terrible. Honestly, it was terrible. I saw so many, so many Wenger-like errors. It annoyed me and it got me so irritated. It was, you know, basic things, not tracking runners and then no one communicating. You know, God. you know, I'm a bit sick of this um, analogy that they've been used all the time. Uh, BT Sports were 
fucking annoying yesterday with uh, Glenn Hoddle. Some of the stuff he was saying was, was pretty good, but a lot of it was shit. But the amount of times I've gone, oh, it's like nothing's changed, nothing's changed. It's still vague. But you can Fergie. see things have things have changed. They're coming out from the back, they're playing down the flanks, they're putting yes. the ball in. Yes, you know, I, I, the, I agree the, with the, you. The, 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 pro- the problems that are changing is I think we've pushed too far up the pitch. And I agree with, I agree with slow, you. A slow centre-back to be on the halfway line and a right-back who doesn't want to be right-back ever. He wants to be either centre-forward or I don't know what he wants to be, uh, Bellerin. It's just, uh, I think that that's where our issue is. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, there, there are some things that have changed, but there's some basic things that still haven't changed in the sense that the two centre-backs should be telling the midfield where the runners are coming from. No communication whatsoever. How many times did Xhaka lose his runner? How many times did Guendouzi lose his runner? And I can't really blame him. He's 19 years old. He's still learning the game. Right? Now, when you're on the pitch, you would expect the players to take responsibility for some of their actions. Right? So the amount of times that Bellerin was being left isolated two-on-one between Willian and, and Alonso. At what point was he going to tell Mkhitaryan to just sit there? Look at, look at Chelsea's first goal. Where the hell was, was Bellerin going? Right? Tracking... Willian all the way into the Chelsea half. All right, Mkhitaryan is not even looking at Alonso. And when I saw the play developing, I'm like, you know what, one ball and Alonso's in here. No communication whatsoever. So when you you know you got commentators coming out and saying nothing's changed, just look at them and look at the way they're playing. It's ridiculous. Okay. okay. Uh, Mike, you stuck your hand up. Go on. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I agree with the the fact that if, you know there is some things that have changed. Uh, granted, but. You know, the style of play has changed, but I think the players don't want to change, or not all of them. Uh, you know, I mean, the most, the majority of ones don't want to change. If you look at Ozil, again, he's not changed, has he? Let's face it. You can see, you saw his face when he walked off the pitch. He had his head down. He just, you know, head down, eyes shut, didn't want to know. In fairness, and I you know that. he played shit, and he know he played shit. I got that f- further down the agenda about Ozil being substituted. He got did, did he get booed off by our, our fans? I don't know because it it cut to a well. I was watching it on BT Sport and it cut to our fans and none of them really. I didn't see any of them booing, but I I, I saw some comments on Arsenal fan forum uh, that a lot of them they were saying the it's our fans booing, but I I don't think it was. I think it was probably more the Chelsea fans, like what Manny's just said. There is just written up on our and, message board. He said uh, it was Chelsea fans, which I thought it was the Chelsea fans. And why would they boo him? Well, he played like crap. Let's face it. Where was he? he I, I don't well, like but, but, and but I don't you... condone our own fans booing our own players, but I can't. I find it hard to blame them. Not you know to do it. Uh, that, but it... If, if it's the Chelsea fans boo, uh, booing him, I don't understand why. If it's the Arsenal fans booing him, I dislike that. Johnny, come on, you're going to say something as well. I think uh, Ozil's getting a, a, to be a, a tactical uh, target for the opposition because when he does play, I mean, when he does show up, he is so influential. But it's he's getting targeted to be managed out of the game, just like he was at the Man City game and other players were as well. But he's, that is done far too easily. Tactically, we don't have anything to counteract that. We don't have a, a plan B to shift sideways uh, in order for them to say, oh, shit, we can't just target this guy. He's not the only linchpin in the team. I think if we, dare I say it, dropped him for a few games, that we might actually develop something of an alternative. Because we said last week, was it playing? Was it him playing out in the wing, or was it at big games? Because if we play him out on the left, he seems to go missing. People talk about him going missing in big games as well. Do you? But you, I don't think you can stro- drop your star man, can you? Sorry, but I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, I really am. I just you saw a difference when Ramsey come onto the pitch. Uh, he was moving around. All right, yeah, he was probably more fresh legged and stuff, but he was getting himself into positions. He was moving around. He was wanting the ball. Far more creative. Exactly, and to say that this is the best number ten in the world, it, it's I'm finding it really. Str- I'm struggling to even stick up for the guy. I really am. Uh, yeah, you could be sort of, especially against Man City, you can you can give him a bit of justice. But this game, you saw he had two minutes where he missed a chance, and he got himself into the position. Uh, he moved around, and you saw him moving around a bit. But straight after that, gone. 
Where was he? He was nowhere to be seen. I think. I think. Ah, Jesus! You think uh, people are saying that he's the best number ten in the world, but I think that's just people with rose-tinted glasses. He's not the best, te best number ten in the world. Uh, I was watching a, a video of uh, Burkamp's best uh, balls through and best passing and stuff like that. In that five-minute section, you've got better play than Oza will ever have. Yes, he has had some good performances. He, he can pull off a really nice passes, but it's far too often uh, inconsistent. Did Burkamp have better players around him, though? He made the players around him better. That's the difference. Fair point. Ozil, you would have to build your team around him to bring out the best in him, whereas Burkamp brought the best out of the players around him and made the team better by just showing up. Okay, okay. Manny, you, did you want to say something on this? Yeah, I agree with, with what Johnny just said, but I don't agree with your previous point. Um, Ozil, oh my God, the people make so many excuses for this guy. And if you look at yesterday's game, there was so much space, right? Especially when we got into the game, right? There was so much space for both teams to operate, right? Now, Emery came out um, earlier in the week and said that he wants Ozil to defend. The closest player to Ozil was Jorginho. And how many times did Jorginho have time on the ball to turn, pick his head up, pick out a pass? There was no one pressing him at all. Ozil being lazy and the excuses that people come out for him is, oh, he, he he's playing out of position. Oh, he doesn't have the players around him. Oh, he's playing with an injury. Mkhitaryan, who was crap for most of the game, right? Had more impact playing out of position, scoring a goal and making a goal than Ozil, who was nowhere and he was playing in a position where he had space to operate. So let's stop making excuses for this guy. Let's just accept the fact that in big away games, he just goes missing. Whether he's marked out the game or whether he has space to play, he still goes missing. So there is no excuses for him. None at all. Okay. Okay. So... We're 19 minutes into the game. We've already had a chance. Um, well, we've had two chances. Uh, a first attempt, uh, Aubameyang misses at about 16 minutes and they go down the other end and score. Did anybody see Gwendouzi's reaction to Aubameyang's miss? Because he done exactly what uh, you were talking about earlier, about saying the um, the way the, the ball plays out from the back. He delivered a great ball uh, to, I think, it might have been Bellerin. Bellerin put the ball in and um, Obama Yang uh, missed. Uh, my, uh, Johnny, you were you, you were going to say something on that one. Yeah, I, when I saw Guendouzi hit the ground, it, it just, it, he shared every Arsenal fan's frustration in that moment. Exactly. It just, and I've only seen that from him in the last few, you know, since he'd come to Arsenal, that he's the only player that you really see the passion the, re the that you want to see from a guy who puts that shirt on you know i think i think he's grasping the opportunity and he can probably see the vision he was talking to uh Unai Emery at the touchline in the city game taking instruction and maybe he understands and knows exactly what Unai's trying to get and he's just getting frustrated that players that we've got who have been there tried and tested just don't get it the guy's obviously a, a much more talented man beyond his years play for the badge on the front of the shirt and then remember the name on the back truer words were never spoken i tell you exactly and exactly we've got i think it's a whole cultural change in modern football you look at some of the youth teams like the england uh, under 19s or whatever when they won the uh, the kiddies world cup they all turned their shirts around. So you had their names across their chest as to say, look at me, look at me. When you should be playing for the badge on the, on the front, you shouldn't be playing for the name on the back. You know? How many times do you see players come along and score a goal and they point to the name on the back of the shirt? So, yeah, it, it, it's an old saying. It's an Arsenal saying. Um, and it will it will forever forever be, be there. What did you make of Aubameyang's... Um, attitude he just looked for me i thought he just looked totally out of sorts yeah he wasn't he wasn't sharp 
I think maybe he realised that uh, a lot of the weight of winning the game was on him when he realised that he was the only striker was on he, the pitch. Was he, was he not getting the right service? Oh, yeah. But I definitely was starved of opportunity. Uh, like Mike just said on the little chat box, he was absolutely starved. I mean, the guy's thin enough as it is. Feed the guy, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's got a shit ton of speed. Uh, the what he wants, he wants to run behind the defence. You saw it in one of them when he was only an offside position. I can't remember if it's first half or second half now, but he got himself into an offside position. It was, bear in mind, it was only just. But that's the balls he wants. He wants to be running onto him. He's not getting them. He he just didn't get them. Uh, yeah, that was fifty-seven minutes, I think. So yeah. Second half. Um, the high line, we touched on the high line. And is is that our problem, the high line? And that brings, well, I know Manny talked about it a bit earlier. Bellerin, for that second goal, fuck me. You know, the, the, the line, match of the day picked up. And while I'm on about match of the day, I'm fucking annoyed with match of the day. I like to watch match of the day at 7.35 in the morning on a Sunday with a nice cup of tea in bed. Yeah. They've moved match of the day on a Sunday to nine o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know you could record it and everything else, but mm, fucking hell. Um, yeah, so yeah, match of the day said that they were practically on the halfway line. They were ahead of the halfway line, and um, Bellerin was the most forward of them, and he was nearly up past the centre circle. Uh, Manny, come on, tell us what you think, what you really think. What I really think is we can't be playing a high line with two central defenders who are so slow, so sluggish. It was it was a terrible, terrible tactic, and I think Emery got that wrong. How the hell are we making Murata look like Drogba, for God's sake? I mean, <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, come on. Like, it was a simple ball over the top. The, 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 like, the, you just mentioned the high line. A simple ball over the top. Right, and Mustafi catches up with with Morata, keep him on that side, gets turned easily, and and it's a goal. We haven't got defenders who are smart enough to play that that that. that I'm I'm sorry, we don't. They're not smart right, enough. Johnny? They're not clever enough. Johnny, I agree with Manny. They they're not up to the task, but I think it's more people are expecting too much of an early change. And everybody's, I agree with that. Everybody's expecting things to change so so quickly. Uh, I, I've I've having arguments with people online about I um, oh, need to get rid of him. Uh, Emery uh, saying, you know, he should have made a bigger impact. He had a whole preseason. Bullshit. If Pep Guardiola can't get it out of, you know, half a billion pounds worth of talent and is able to buy and sell two hundred million pounds worth in his first season. And he can't get it going in the first season. For God's sake, give the guy. Listen, we've we've got six more games coming yeah. up before we meet Liverpool. West Ham, they're in a bit of shit. Maybe we'll get a, we'll get a result there. Out of those um, six games, I'd like to think we can get a few results and get a bit of run of confidence. This is going to take probably till Christmas before we get an idea where it's going, and it will. You know, it's going to take more than one season it took Pep Guardiola a season and a half you know so Mike come on well all I was going to say is I think that Socrates and Mustafi are too they're not suited together none of them by the looks of it when I was watching the Chelsea game and I was trying to watch what uh, they were doing at the back especially playing the high line they're both not quick enough and especially with the forwards that are in the Premier League now and they're so quick it's that's, that's dangerous play and it, the problem I'm finding is, it's like the, neither of them really talk. They're not really talking to each other in that show, and especially with uh, the Morata goal, neither of them knew where each other were. And it is that's quite a worrying thing. That we need someone who's going to shout at the back, and I think this is where we need to drop Bellerin and bring in Lichtsteiner. Oh, Monreal yeah. was doing his best. You could see that. Because uh, he was shouting and he'd shouted a few times and he was kicking off it quite a couple of times, which I thought was really, really good. But I just, them two, they just thought they're not suit. They're not, they're not the right pairing. And I think we need to maybe change a bit, maybe bring on. This is why I, I'm, I'm shocked that we got loaned out Chambers. I thought maybe we should have kept him because at least then he, he had a little bit of pace about him. Yeah, he wasn't the quickest, but he had a bit of pace about him. 
Mabrapanas has got some pace, so is so is Holding. So you know there are, there are options, but well, Mab- yeah, there is options there, and Mab- I just think we need to try and find the right pairing. But I just don't think them two are suited with each other. No, it, to be honest, it worked well when Colchelny and Metsaka, you the slow man and the fast, but faster man, um, and when they got a pairing working together, that went well. Listen, we're concentrating quite a lot on on some of the negative sides. Yeah, it was a negative result, but there was some good things to look at. Um, slightly negative was. Um, uh, Mkhitaryan and Iwobi both both missed absolute sitters, but then went again positively, went and scored two great goals in four minutes. So by the time half time came, we were in the ascendance. The Chavs were hanging on for dear life um, uh, till half time, and Abamian could have put us ahead. I should have put us ahead. And if we took all the opportunities that we were given, we should have won this game 6 3. That said, I think Peter Cech kept us in the game. He was immense. Some of the saves he made were absolutely fantastic. Who wants to come back to me on that one? Uh, I, I don't know about Peter Cech. I'm still... I just... I don't... Uh, I'm trying to find the word out for this. I just don't rate him anymore. He's good when a shot's coming from outside the box, but when it comes from inside the box or it, it's like a one-on-one, it, it, where is he? What does he do? He just flaps and dives and dives the wrong way or... I just not. I'm just not feeling it from him at the minute, and especially when we've just bought. From what I got, to, <laughs> I had to re- uh, say something on the uh, Arsenal fan forum about uh, the third. Uh, you know, I mean, the Germans' next goalkeeper, which he isn't. He's, he's not the second choice goalkeeper. I, had to re- uh, I think he, someone, he's he's third choice. He's, yeah, he's probably third or fourth now. But we've got him there. Why aren't we utilising him? He's got to get these games in. He's got to get games in against Chelsea. Pa- apparently, apparently, Leno um, isn't performing that well in training, is what I have heard. So oh, right. that's probably why. Johnny, you wanted to come up and say something on that. I don't know what game you were watching, Mike, because Czech was outstanding. It, I have to agree the, with you. The, what parts of, it, of his game that he has over the last decade or so in the Premier League has shown was brilliant. You know, the amount of goals he stopped from going in was brilliant. The Morata goal, he played the numbers. You think uh, Mustafi was sliding in, he was blocking that section of the goal off, or should have, it went through Mustafi's legs. So Czech dived to the other side in anticipation that that was the open side of the goal. He did the experience thing and covered the side of goal that was had a clear line of shooting. So he was not at fault for that goal. And he certainly wasn't at fault for the for the Alonso goal either. That was down to Torreira losing his man. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. But Czech had I a... I think that was more Bellerin losing his man and not being on the pitch. There is that as well. But Torreira was was the one that had uh, was marking Alonso on the edge of the box. He ball-watched, lost him, moved on. Again, we'll come back no, to that, I'm sure. No, but, don't agree. Do not agree at all. Do not agree with that. That play wouldn't have happened if Lacazette wasn't so sloppy in possession. All right, a complete sloppy pass, and then it was a bullshit attempt to win the ball back. Yes, Torreira lost his man, but what the fuck are you doing passing the ball like that? All right, so we can play. Yes, Torreira lost his man. Agreed. What is Lacazette doing? Right, foul him. Right, if you've lost the ball, foul him. Right, where is the hunger in losing in, in getting the ball that if you lost? Just like Guendouzi is doing, when he loses the ball, he goes hunting for it. So why can't Lacazette do the same? Take him out. Take the free kick. He's right. too lightweight, to be honest. You know that Lacazette is just such a small frame fella. He's he, he's like um, for the third goal when he he stupidly passed. Oh, we're on to the second half now, anyway. But um, when he 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 passed that ball back when he could have released the ball to Aubameyang who was going forward, there was no reason for him to pass the ball back. And then he went after um, to hunt the ball, as you say, um, Manny, but. He wasn't strong enough. Alonso just rolled him over and, you know, that was it. Um, Shaka was substituted at half-time. Good. Good. Yes. Whatless, useless, incompetent player. He, he really winds me up, Fergus. He really, really winds me up. He's whatless. He's useless. I'm, I'm well, sorry, he, but he, but Boston Mike is going to be proved wrong on this one. By the time we reach May, I'm <laughs> hoping he is the first player out of the club. We need to get rid of the players that have to have that Wenger stench on them, which is a bunch of pampered pussies. Jacobi, one of them. Bo- 
Ozil be in the other and Bellerin be in the other. You mentioned um, Boston. Boston, listen back, uh, listen back to the podcast uh, and listen to Steve and yourselves debate. And he actually said that Steve's argument is very much the same as his argument, is saying that he is not a defensive midfielder and to play him in a defensive midfield position is wrong. Uh, he's he's more um, uh, a distributor of the ball. Um, so I again, don't like so that. Again, they wouldn't, so again, they wouldn't be able to answer my question because the question is, what does he bring? I don't care about oh, what, what he can bring and what he can do. No, that's not what I'm asking. I, I'm I don't, asking what I don't can think he, he belongs in an arsenal. I don't think he belongs he in an Arsenal team. He doesn't. He, oh, he's a distributor. Oh, he's this. Even when he has the opportunity to distribute the ball, what does he do with it? What does he do? I saw some comments on Twitter this morning. People were saying, oh, we lost control of the midfield when Xhaka came off. Xhaka had 82.5% passing accuracy, right? In the 45 minutes. When Torreira came on, he had 92%. So somebody please tell me how we lost control of the ball. I'm expecting uh, Torreira and Gwendouzi to be the starting pairing going forward. Um, or possibly El Nenny, but there's talk about him being... Uh, although that's gone quiet, him being sold to off- offload some wages. Um, Ram- Ramsey came on for Ozil, which me, Again, I personally think good. was the, the, a good good substitution. I think it was yes, identified uh, that he was been not effective and they brought in a, a like-for-like player. And this is what I said last week, that you play... Um, Ozil out wide and you play Ramsey in the middle it doesn't work you, you can't have they can't fight for the same position they, they 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 can tag and one go on one go off and they both can play in the number 10 or Ramsey has to play deeper in the midfield um, later we had Lacazette came on um, and he came on for a guy for me who you know he's come into a whole lot of the criticism over the year, over the last couple of years. Um, I think he had one of the his games. Uh, uh, he was man of the match for me um, in Alex Awobi. Anybody disagree? Yeah. Nope. And that is shocking. No, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, I thought shocking, he played very it? well. Yeah, he looked hungry, didn't he? He looked hungry. He, he he wanted he wanted the ball. He wanted to create stuff. Even when he made that miss and he went way over the bar, he didn't look as distraught as, say, Aubameyang did. And this is where I said about Aubameyang being out of sorts. He got up, brushed himself off and got back in and got dug in again. So Agreed. Agreed. He looked he looked a, a different player, which... And he was helping, you know, Monreal when it came to defending. You know, he he was doubling up, um, you know, on Aspilicueta and on, and on Pedro when he needed to. Um, he was a threat. Um, even though his his pass for um, the Mkhitaryan goal was a bit lucky, but it was the fact that he was positive with it. You know, he attacked Aspilicueta to get that ball back. You know, so I was disappointed when I saw him coming off. I thought Mkhitaryan should have come off, so, you know, put a Roby on the right hand side and put Aubameyang on the left. But there you go. But he had a good game though, and if he can carry on, then he will prove me wrong, which I want to. He I was want him looking to tired though. To be fair, there, Manny, he, uh, he did look a bit tired okay. when he was coming off. Okay, but my, well, my he did have a great he, game, though. Like I say, if he was running up and down the pitch, which he was, and he was getting stuck in yeah. and everything else, he's going to be a bit tired, which, in all fairness, I'm not Agreed. going to take it away from him. He had a great game. That's what you Agreed. want him to and do, right, can... put a shirt on and actually... Uh... I was just going to say, all you want him to do is put a shirt on oh. and actually, you know, put a shift in. We've no, said I'm, before, I'm saying, you know, if, if, if we if, lose again... If, if, if we... Go on. I'm, I'm saying, if Wilby can, can, can prove me wrong... Ryan actually become the player that most people think he is, then that, that can only be a positive for Arsenal Football Club, which I want. So if you can carry on these performances, believe me, I'll shut up. No, that's good. Listen, we had um, a final shot from Ramsey just over the bar. I, I don't think we should have conceded that third goal. Um, the second half was a much uh, more balanced, probably a duller affair than the first half. If we had taken our opportunities in the first half, um, we could have gone ahead. Um, we could have, you know, we could have won the game by a number of goals. But once you score goals, it, it changes games. Uh, Ramsey, unlucky. I thought he had a good um, twenty minutes or so on 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 the pitch. I thought he was far more creative, as we said earlier, than than Ozil. And it was a great final, effort as well, to be fair. Yeah, it, it was. It was a great effort, and the keeper was beaten. Everything, and for seventy one million pounds, the keeper. Um, He's not seventy one million pounds. He is not, week. is he? That that first goal that. Um, uh, he conceded. He had more hand rounds than anything else, and let it slip underneath his arm. I was, I'm, I was absolutely surprised. He's, he's only twenty three, and I think we were linked with him at one point as well. Um, so you can, you got with him 
with him being only that young and especially some he's got some boots to fill there, I need to be fair. Uh, from Courtois, but other than yeah. that, he, he looked inexperienced, uh, especially with all our goals. To be honest, with both our goals, to be fair, to be honest, he's probably getting used to the league. Look at De Gea. De Gea was um, exactly pretty um, shit for the first thing. Like I've said, I've, I have been really negative throughout this, but you know, what I mean, there is there's loads of positives we can take away from that game. Uh, like we said before, Gwen Doozy. He, he was running around all over the place when Torreya come on he did change the game he changed the game a lot um, I thought so anyway defensively I thought he was getting stuck in he was he was reading the game really well so there's another positive and Mkhitaryan when he scored his goal he, caught, he he did what he does best he comes in comes in from the from the left or the right and just plants it straight in and it, it was a great goal and I don't want to be negative all the time <laughs> I hate being negative well, there is plenty of positives as well to take from. Yeah, it. I agree. I agree. Johnny, do you have a final word to say on the um, on the Chelsea game? Well, I was going to come in and say exactly what you said about Kepa. Is uh, when you look at uh, De Gea, he took his time. Everybody say, "Oh, what's what's this crap?" And then now he's one of the best keepers in the world. So it exactly. just it just exactly. goes to show you give good players time to settle in. They will settle in eventually if you give them the time to do it. But you know, it's horses for courses. You know, you've got to have the right players who do the right things to suit the tactics that you play. And that should be our mindset as Arsenal fans coming into the next year. Going forward into next week's game, you've got to realise that we're implementing tactics and we have to get the players to fulfil those tactics. And if those players aren't going to do it, they will get shipped out and we'll get someone in who can do the job. The same in any walk of life. Uh, yeah, can't argue with that. Final consolation... Um, we're going to go to a break, and after after the break, we're going to discuss the West Ham game and some of the other things. Um, but final consolation is we did stop that lot down the lane going forth. So if we keep, <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it? Listen, chat you after the break. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. He is a box in the box, a tapping merchant, an Arsenal podcast, and he did it brilliantly. He did the job that he was meant to do. By Arsenal fans, I don't like the idea of selling to a rival. For Arsenal fans, how can you wish for Arsenal to lose? This is your Arsenal podcast. He will score the ugly goals. He's class. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Harry Kane got so good now. He's ready to go for a big pub. I've just seen the headline. Wow. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Right, welcome back after the break. Uh, <laughs> there was a, an ongoing conversation about Manny's love of Shaka and Ozil, but um, that was that that will remain all fair because I think it's um, probably uh, past the watershed. We're looking ahead to West Ham. Three o'clock kickoff. They're a rare thing. Three o'clock kickoff at the Emirates. Um, it's a London derby, which makes it a little bit more um, of a, a, a juicier game. Although West Ham Arsenal games are never as fiery as, say, like um, even Arsenal Chelsea and Arsenal Tottenham, obviously, are, are a much more fiery uh, and competitive affair. Uh, but we will have a West Ham that have failed to get any points so far. So when the, we have failed to get any points, the pressure will be on uh, Unai Emery and the team to show to show something, to show improvement. Because you could feel at the start of the Chelsea game, the first half of the Chelsea game, you could see Unai and he looked like he had the weight of the fucking world on, on, on his shoulders. Um, what do you reckon the lineups are going to be? Uh, where are we going to be watching, first of all? I'll be at the Emirates. Um, what your expectations are? And then... Obviously, we've got a couple of people coming back to the stadium. Uh, Jack Wilshere and Luca Perez return. Will they get a warm welcome? And who are who are their biggest threats? And how how can we go, Johnny? You go first. Uh, I think if anybody uh, gives anything other than a resounding positive reception to those two players, can cash in their Arsenal card and fuck off, because they whenever they played for us. They put their heart on the on 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 the pitch, as far as I'm concerned. Especially especially Jack. Um, I was I was about to say on the wheelchair as well. Uh, as, well, yeah. He, even when he limped in to watch the games, at least he was there. But Luke True. has never put a foot wrong. I don't never never. I don't know why he never got a good chance. I'm, I'm sure it's something political on the higher ups, and that's probably why they took such a large hit to say, well, we made our point. That point cost us. 14 million pounds but we made the point and now let's let it go 
Weird. I, I think I, I'm going to put my neck out and say that Lucas is going to get 10 plus goals this season even in that team where you've got lots of other players that can nip in a few goals I think we're going to say well, he could have done a job for us not necessarily going to start but he could have put in those 10, 10 appearances or whatever But because uh, I don't think they're going to give it to Nketiah Manny, you had your hand up Nope. Yeah, I had my hand oh. up. Um, I'm going to say, you know what, Wilshire deserves a, a, you know, a great welcome back, but that should be at the start of the game. During the game, you should get all the stick in the world um, because that's just how fickle football fans are, unfortunately. And for me personally, and, and I don't know how you guys are going to take it, but Wilshire, for me, bailed. You know, after having that conversation with Emery and Emery told him, you know what, you're not going to be a star instead of sticking around and actually fighting for his place, he decided to cut and run. So, I'd have, give him I'd a have great to, star, you know. Go on. I'd have to disagree with you. I, I, I don't think he bailed. I think he, want, he wants to play football. He wants to get back playing for England again. Okay. He was told he's not going to get game time uh, with Arsenal. Okay. He he, he he He's not going to get it. He was told he's not part of the plans. So, he's gone to a team local still a team that's close to his family he was he supported him as a, as a little kid because his dad did and he's not gone there for the money because the package he's taken is a very similar package that he was getting offered by Arsenal um, it's just my opinion he, he's gone to play it's football just my opinion. no 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 no. that's fine and no, I'm I, entitled I, I, to I mine as well that. I get that, but what I'm saying is, you know what, he could have stayed, you know, because you love Arsenal so much, stay and fight for your place, because there's no one who can tell me that Jack Wilshere wouldn't have gotten in this team, you can't tell me that, you know, so, mm-hmm. he had a choice. What What do you think, Mike? Well, I quite agree with uh, Manny there, um, you look, I'll look at it on the flip side, if he stayed, alright, Gwendoos has been playing really well but no one really knew about him, he could be in that role now, running around like he used to do, having the freedom that he, he wanted so you got to look on that flip side as well mm, That's true, Johnny, have you any thoughts on, on this? Well with Wilshire, I think we've just got so many similar types of players in the squad that in Emery's opinion, he wasn't the best of those players Is he better than Ozil or Rambo? And in that number ten role, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say in the last couple of years you could say so. Yes, he can bring a mercurial kind of talent, and he does pick out a pass, and he does play with passion. But I don't think he, you know, with all the injuries he's had, he hasn't been able to develop in the way that we hoped he would have. So I think really it, it was the best decision for all of us. I love Jack. I do. I, I'm a fanboy. I don't care what anybody says. I start the chance. I don't care. But I think the best option for all was for him to move on, to make the best of the career he has left, get back into the England side if he can, and and just do what's right for him and his family. And West Ham was the best option that he had. I mean, he got offered more money to go elsewhere. He got yeah, he offered, got offered overseas, didn't he, and all sorts. Yeah, he got offered China for like 250 grand a week. And he was like, nah, I'm staying in London. Screw you, I can earn money. No, no, I, yeah. Yeah. Are, are you down for the game? I am down for the game, yeah. I've got, uh, I did get a t- ticket for someone in our little chat group, but I don't think uh, they're going to be able to come. So uh, I'm going to uh, bring my daughter, I think. Oh, she's brilliant. Gonna, it's going to be our first London derby. And seeing as we're, she's based in the heart of West Ham territory and is a staunch Arsenal fan at seven years old. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. She's going to be able to go back to her, her school friends and say, I, I saw my Arsenal trounce West Ham, and I'm going to I'm going to love every minute of it. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. I love it when the kids go like that. Um, Mike and Manny, you'll be watching from uh, from TVs, I take it? Yeah, I'll be watching yes. from TV. Good. Unfortunately, I can't make but it. I wish I could, but I couldn't make though. it. Are you coming? Are you going to come down to meet up for a beer? We haven't finalised anything 100%. We need to get something. I, I'm getting the train down, so I'm thinking about the eaglet and, and the um, the ankle. That's all very. Danny Wilkins is down. Scott's around. There's a few of us having a few beers. So if you fancy joining up with us, uh, Manny, why not? And why not? Why don't you try and get a yeah. ticket? You know, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of like going to live matches. Um, well, yeah, you, were, you were offered the that. ticket and you turned it down. 
yes, because I don't, I'm not a big fan of going to live matches. You know, I like to, to watch it on TV. I like to kind of have my, my little space, you know. Occasionally, yes, I, I'll go to the odd game. But right now, considering that I'm going off, I'm going on holiday again, uh, my money is going towards that as opposed to... Judith Chalmers, we're going to call you from now on. Say what? I'm going to call, call you Judith Chalmers from now on. Oh, shut that- up. <laughs> so, so listen lineups what what changes do you think are going to be done to the lineup for the West Ham game and it almost brings in a, a question that we've got from our questions a little bit later on I'll bring it in earlier Russ Morgan asks and he's from TT Gooners um, he asks um, do you think Emery could get Lacazette and Aubameyang in the starting 11 together um, do you think that could uh, be the situation and if so which player loses out Johnny go on I think uh, Lecker's probably going to start. Um, there's there's going to be a complete gulf between what we what we want to happen in terms of changes and what we will happen in terms of changes. Now, I, I, I want to see Licksteiner come in and I want to see a, a Lecker come in. But will that happen? I doubt it. I want to see Torreira start. I don't think it's going to happen. But if he doesn't drop Zaka after this performance... My God, what is he playing at? I mean, really, come on. It begs the questions who's really picking the team if Xhaka starts again. He, he can't start again. Uh, uh, you know what, drop him to the Europa League, um, to the Europa League squad, because if, and I'm going to I'm gonna actually, you know, back him up on one thing. His best games were, you know, the, the AC Milan games when he was given time on the ball. He's not going to be given that time on the ball in the Premier League, so drop him to the Europa. You think he's more suited to European football than rather than rather than league football? Um, It's a better way to get him sold as well. One hundred percent. You have a starting eleven for us, then Ozil. Um, Ozil, because yeah. oh, your name on here is Ozil. I just called you Ozil because your name on the screen is Ozil. Man, a dirty slur. <laughs> that is a slur. I don't go missing. You know where I am all the time. <laughs> You can unless find you, me. Unless you get uh, asked to go to the games, then you go missing. Ooh, mm, bitch. Ooh, that, that, that's a nice one, but I rarely go to games, so yeah, that's not... Starting me, 11 so. then, Manny. Um, what I would want to see, um, Leno and Goal, this, this is my one. Leno and Goal, um, oh God, Socrates and Mustafi um, in the middle, simply because they've started more games together. Uh, Monreal on the left. Lich Diner, right back. Um, this is a 4 3 3 formation because I, I do believe that we need uh, three midfielders as opposed to, to a number 10. Um, so Torreira, Guendouzi, and Ramsey in that midfield three, and a front three of Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Irobi. Okay, okay. Anybody else change anything on there? To be honest, I, I'd probably go with something similar. Um, if anybody has, speak now, forever hold your peace, since this is Sunday service. Who's going to go first? I'll, go, I'll take the mantle. I, mean, I think I, I said in our little um, chat before, uh, I set up a little uh, squad layout, and I would have Le- Leno, Socrates and Mustafi, and I would put in Licksteiner and Monreal. And you look at that, you've got a 31-year-old, a 33-year-old and a 29-year-old and Mustafi. And I think that will give us a little bit more stability. And I know I'm going to get absolutely abused, but I'm going to say I want El Elneny to start because he is Mr. Reliable. He keeps it simple alongside Torreya. Drop the, drop the lad because I think he needs a bit of a break because he's had some really big games. So I think we should drop the lad to the bench um, just because we need to rotate a little bit. I would bring in Ramsey in the number 10 and I'd have two supporting strikers in Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, even though I don't think he had a particularly good game, but I think in this setup he would be a bit better and then Lacazette up front on his own. Okay. Anything different from you, uh, Mike? Uh, I'd stick with the formation that has been used, uh, but I would drop check, put Leno in. Um, I'd probably drop either Socrates or Mustafi, bring in one of the younger ones as Mavropanos or Holding. Um, drop Bellerin, definitely. Um, keep Monreal, put in Lichsteiner. Uh I would bring 
I'm hoping Torreya starts. Um, I think he deserves it after the game he had. Um, I'd probably still keep, keep Gwendouzi next to him. Um, I thought them two played all right together. Um, for forward line, I'd drop Ozil. I'd put Mkhitaryan in that number 10 slot, see how he does in there, because I think he could probably play better in that position than he would do out on the wide and put in Aubameyang and Iwobi either side and have Lacazette up front. Okay. Uh, final question on the West Ham game, and then we'll uh, move on to um, our questions. Um, who or what is their biggest threat? Obviously, our defence is their biggest threat, if it, if it goes anything like the start of the Chelsea game. But who do you see as a, as a threat from West Ham? Go on, John. Uh, I think the biggest threat they've got is the unpredictability, because they are just as regenerative as us. Well, they've, they've got a new squad, haven't they? Exactly. They've, got, they've signed more players than we have, and they've spent more money than we have as well. I mean, 40-odd million on uh, the, the lad from Italy. Uh, I think that's a massive, massive coup, really, because I've seen him play in Italy. I watched the odd Serie A game, and he's, he's a beast. He's a proper player. And then you're, on top of that, you've got a tried-and-tested manager who's won the league, you know, Okay. It, it's, I think their unpredictability would be much more hard for us to deal with. I think tactically we need to be very flexible in the game to actually be able to do it. I hate to say it, keep going back to Pep Guardiola, but he, he does it really well. He sees the opportunities in the game and he changes accordingly. And then he exploits those things. And that's exactly what we need to be able to do with these fresh teams because a lot of the teams in this part of the season have spent a lot of money. They've done a lot of changes and they're not going to be the same as last year. So all those scouting reports from last year don't mean diddly squat. And your score prediction? I'm going to go with 2-1 to Arsenal. 2-1 to Arsenal on behalf of the guests. Manny, can I have your score prediction, please? I'm going to go 3-1, and Johnny's wrong about Onini. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Mike from Boston did get a message to me about 3 1, uh, just for the purpose of the league. But out of common courtesy, uh, Mike and Scunthorpe, could I have your prediction, please? I was going to go 3 1 as well. So the Mikes are at 3 1. We are. See, that was joined up, that was, you see. That really worked. So um, can I just, just say something where we're before before you move on? All right, because I'm taking umbrage with Johnny saying I'm going missing. All right, the Ozil of Guns and Yellow Ribbons has to go to Boston Mike, who keeps going missing every single time. <laughs> just wanted to say that. So that's what yeah. we're going to call him from now on, Boston Ozil. Boston Ozil. <laughs> well, as, as long as I've been contributing to this, I think he's only been on it once, hasn't he? What, maybe twice. Boston Ozil, yeah. Boston Ozil was uh, away for most of the summer. He had some stuff going on. He um, he could do Wednesday, uh, but I'm away at work Wednesday because we normally record on a Wednesday evening. Um, Tuesday is his son's birthday, so he's got stuff on with his uh, sons. Um, I'm 30 years in London Um two weeks ago uh, tomorrow uh, but my two younger brothers joined me in London two weeks later they went to Spain for a couple of weeks to stay with an aunt while we settled in so tomorrow um, is our 30th anniversary for living in London so we're hey, meeting up happy a few anniversary. <laughs> so we're, we're meeting up having a few beers and a pizza or something like that tomorrow evening hence why Monday is blown out and then it gets too far away from the game so that's why we're having a Sunday service and uh, it's a, a little bit different uh, we touched last week on the Arsenal ladies. Um, um, so we touched on it very, very briefly. We, um, we, we, we don't have much knowledge of it, but we thought we'd still keep um, the feature in just about the ladies and update on the ladies. They're playing in about an hour's time. They're playing at two o'clock today at Bournemouth at Meadow Farm uh, and they're playing in the Continental League Cup. Um, the first, uh, the game that is on... BT Sports from that same competition is Liverpool versus Man United. So you'll have to, if you want to watch it, you'll probably have to find a stream. It might be harder to find. I have um, Sarah Ponsford um, lined up to come on. Uh, she's um, a ladies football fan. She's not an Arsenal fan. Um, I would really like an Arsenal uh, ladies fan to come on, an Arsenal football club um, uh, fan to come on. But Sarah uh, has kindly said she'd like to 
come on. She was yesterday watching Bath City versus Dulwich Hamlet, uh, it, Titans of the Conference South. So she 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 likes her football. She's got a, an opinion on football. Uh, she has an opinion on Arsenal as well, but it, she's not an Arsenal fan. So as a as a start, we're hoping to get Sarah on maybe next week as one of our guests, or even for half a show or something like. That. I I don't know. We're, we're experimenting in that area. Um, Czech versus Leno. Why buy a £20 million keeper, one of the best in Europe, mm, suspect maybe, uh, but persist with Czech? Who's gone first on that one? Go on. Go, go on then, I'll go in. Well, it's like you're saying that there's little rumours coming out that he's not exactly performing in, in training. Um, hopefully that, that, that changes. But, you know, he's still a young lad at the end of the day. He's, he's got to adapt to a new club. But it's easy to stick with, you know, uh, the tried and tested, the experience. Um, but I think really, if you don't risk anything, you can't lose anything. That's they're more scared of of that. They want us to, to be able to settle the defence, and the defence usually only um, feels settled if they've got a good keeper behind them. If they feel a little bit mm, about the keeper behind them then they can be a little bit jittery as well. But, you know, trying to bed in a new defence and a new keeper at the same time, probably not the best timing. And Czech has been far more vocal, and he's much bulkier this season yeah. than he has been in the past. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see, I, and, and listen, I think even Czech has stepped up his game to say, no, I want to keep my number one spot. And what we were talking about, Gwendouzi, what we were talking about, uh, players on the pitch wanting to fight. We're talking about Jack Wilshire wanting to fight for his place in the team. Uh, Czech is doing exactly that. So fair play to the fella. Yeah, he, he's, and he's performed. He might not be able to adapt fully to the new type of game with playing out from the back. Uh, it doesn't help that the defenders keep playing it to his right foot when he's left footed. But you know that you know it's all an adaptation. People will get ready for the this new type of tactics. They've got to get more settled in. But like I say, you, when you're trying to bed in a new defence, playing a new way, playing out from the back, you need to know that the guy behind you has got your back, uh, and not that he's trying to bed in just the same as you. I think that's the mindset maybe. And maybe when we get a bit of a settled defence, you might see uh, Leno come in in the odd game or he might take the cup games and make it his own and think why the hell isn't he playing and then see where we go from there I think I think Czech is getting started especially uh, when you look at City for stability side of things Chelsea away I always saw him starting uh, the West Ham game I could see maybe rotation if uh, Leno is improving in training as per the, the, the so-called rumours out there um, the next one uh, Mike I'll ask you this one looking at the areas um Looking at the squad, what areas do you think were maybe thin um, in the squad? And, you know, what, would you identify anything that you think we need to go out and do in, I know the transfer window's closed now, but in January? where we uh, I've got to say, just before I do that, just to go back on the training thing with Leno. Yep. If you look at it this, if you look at it at this point of view, if Leno's doing poorly in training or is rumoured to be doing badly in training, then Bellerin and Xhaka must, and Ozil must be absolutely hammering it in training, if you look at it on that theory. <laughs> they must, seriously, they must be absolutely knocking it all over the place, if they if you're going on that theory. Um, or else Leno must be really shit. Yeah, yeah, there is that as well, but you got to look at it, uh, another way you got to look at it as well, when you see all these keepers like Alisson and Kepa, and they're in the 60, 70 millions, I think, in fairness, with Leno, and I have seen his quality in the Bundesliga, he is he is a good goalkeeper. I think we've got a bargain out of him. We really I, have. I believe so. When, when we bought him, though, that was, he was the fourth, probably fourth or fifth most expensive keeper before they'd done this Allison and Kepa deal. So, you know, and that's where football just yeah, went well, This is it, isn't it? And it's an absolute, I think it's an absolute bargain. Uh, but, Yes, moving on to the transfer window. We need a winger. We're desperate for a winger. Name one. Well, um, that's the thing. And that's the question. Who, who can you name? Um, there's questions of Martial. Yeah, there's questions of Dembele from Barcelona. It, it's We're desperate for a winger and we need to identify one for the January transfer window. We desperately, desperately need one. And any other areas? Because because we we've mentioned winger until we're blue in the face, or red in the face. Yeah. Well, I still think we need a centre back. 
we need another we need someone who's going to shout at centre back we need a, we definitely need something in there I, I just don't know if any of them now are up to it unless Holden or Mavropanos or even Socrates or even Mustafi if they if they step up a bit and start doing what they're meant to be doing at centre back and talking because I just didn't get that from the Chelsea game from either of them two um, I did think that Socrates was better in that game and he, you could see slight improvement. He did play alright, but it's I think they're either too close together, them two, they're either too close together or they're too far apart. There's no in-between. And it's they're just not they're obviously just not communicating well with each other. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, right, Johnny just says uh, give Socrates a chance or something like that. I'm I'm gonna give him a chance, definitely. He's obviously new to the league and everything like that, but we all know what Mustafi's like. So uh, do we really give him another chance or do we let him go and maybe replace him? And if you're looking at like replacing team members and squad members, um, what input do you think Emery has in recruiting players? You know, he worked well with the director of football at Seville, which was Monchi. He's now at um, AS Roma, I think. Um, you know, and he worked on a really tight budget. He brought Seville uh, up there, you know. Well, I think it was me, you and Manny, and I can't remember who else maybe joined in with us. I think we had a discussion quickly about this, didn't we, about how what influence is mm. he having on players. Um, to me, at the minute, I don't know who his type of signing is. I think maybe Torreya might be one of his signings, especially when he's had like the likes of Nzonzi uh, when he signed him at Sevilla. Um, so he could be his type I of player. I think Gwendouzi probably is. Gwendouzi, I think that's more of a Sven, that, mate. Um, he is one for looking out for kids who have got good talent and so far we are you know what I mean we're seeing that he has got a, he has got a good talent on him uh, he is still young he's, so I think we're going to see more of him and I think we're going to see him develop into a, a really good player okay okay we have got a final question we're just waiting for Manny to jump back on again because um, he's just uh disconnected off, off off the feed at the minute um, we'll touch on injuries and we can come back once Manny jumps back and maybe do that final question because I think it's it's one that he wants to Ozil's gone missing again yeah Ozil's gone missing again what a fucking surprise um, Maitland Niles we've got out with um, a slight leg break so I, I don't know how serious that is and how long he's going to be out for anybody know oh, they say between 10 and 12 weeks but you know this. yeah I think the talk's about three three to three and a half months isn't it yeah Yes, okay. what's such bad luck for the lad? You know what it I mean? is, he's, yeah, he's playing out of position as well and it's just unlucky for him, it really is. Well, you know, the the first choice was not match fit and getting over an injury. And then the second choice got an injury for two to three months. And then he's third choice and then he gets injured as well. How bad is your luck? I mean, how bad is Arsenal's luck to have three uh, left-backs go injured? Thankfully, Natural's come back at the right time, but we still haven't got a backup apart from Lechstein, who isn't a natural left back. I, I said back in um, August, early August, when the uh, window was still open, we need to sign a left back because I wasn't convinced by Kolasinac, and Natural's coming to the end of his reign, as it were, but he's still well, a solid I, player. Kolasinac is now out. How long is he out for another three eight weeks? Three months as well. Yeah, yeah. He's out for three months as well, which is really, really bad timing. I mean, they're both going to be coming back at the same time. Um, ideally, you would have liked to have seen us buy a top-level left-back um, and then stick Lechsteiner at the right, right side of uh, the back four. Unless we start playing the back three and win-backs, I don't really see how you can say Bellerin is the best right-back I was going to say, do we, do, do we play? Do, do, Bellerin looks more suited to being a wing back, but he's not a wing yeah. back either. You can't put a cross in, but it's easier to teach a player to cross a ball than it is to teach them tactical awareness, positional awareness, anticipation, and getting the timing right in tackles. That's far harder. Whereas you can just repeatedly, it's muscle memory with uh, with crossing. You look at some of the the best uh, crosses of a ball. They stay after training every day for hours. So look at David Beckham, for example. Best right foot you'd ever see on a guy. But the guy was dedicated in the sense that he would stay behind and cross the ball over and over and over and over again. Right he Jesus said, age. Paddy, I sang it so well. I think I'll get up and I'll sing it again. Sorry, I just kick into that every time I hear that over and over and over again bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, this is the thing, isn't it? We had Chambers, and who, who can play at right back as well? And they've blown him out. It's there's question marks all over that one. And Carl, I don't Jake? know what that. 
I think that's down to the loan fee. Honestly, I'm throwing it out there. I think it's a money thing. I mean, because Fulham are throwing so much money about. Um, they, they basically said, all right, here's two, three million quid lo uh, loan fee for your fourth choice centre-back. Um, let me have him for the season. And it's a win-win. We get loads of money. And our guy gets loads of uh, experience in the Premier Pers League. Personally, I would have given them Mavropanos our holding uh, instead of Chambers. Probably Mavropanos, simply because he could get some t uh, game time. And um, I think Chambers is probably more suited currently to the Premier League. Uh, That's precisely why they wanted him, because he is more suited. Yeah, probably. Instead of saying, oh, which one of your centre-backs can we have? They've gone and said, we want Chambers on loan or we'll go somewhere else and just thought well if we let him go what have we got left big bob as i like to call him uh is a is a pretty solid center half he still needs a bit of development that's fine you know the guy's really young and same with uh Mavropanos. we've got that uh level of succession you know that that we've got guys coming in behind each other as a line of succession which is fine, but we need the now. The now is what we need. And we thought Socrates was going to be it, but he's slowly showing whether he is or not. At the moment, I'm not convinced, but I'd like to see a solid partnership develop, not necessarily individual I'm more, skill. I'm more, I'm more convinced with Socrates now after two games in the Premier League than I was with him over the five, six games that we had in pre-season. Um, I think he... His, his awareness seems a bit better. Um, he's very strong and he's quite solid. His speed uh, is shit. So he's the last guy we got, the the last guy we got out uh, on injury is is Carl Jenkinson. Um, how fucking lucky oh is he? Oh, Ozil's <laughs> back. Yeah, Ozil's back. Yeah, yeah. Here's Manny. God, this is going to be fucking one hell of an, an edit. Uh, Johnny dropped off two in the first half. I've had I, I've downloaded the first lot of uh, audios. I've got five audio clips on there plus the. Oh, oh, Christ. I'll have to go to the pub beforehand, I think. I'd like to see a Socrates and Mavropanos partnership. I think that could work really well. I think I think that's just uh, racist. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. I think because they're both Greek, I think there, there might be a bit of communication, you know, good communication there, but... Uh, I, I think Socrates I is someone who Mavropanos can learn from, though. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I think he's got more to offer than what Mustafi has, I really do. I'd, how, I'd, how, I'd like to see the young boy, I'd, the young Greek boy, as, uh, as he was dubbed. I'd like to see him start, but I don't see him starting in the Premier League. I see him starting in the Cup competitions. And how lucky did we think Carl Jenkins was? Because he was, he was on the bus out the door, wasn't he? Uh, and, OK, he's injured himself, but it means he's not getting sold. Emery actually said that he was one of the players going out. He actually said that, him, Ospina, and so on and so on. Did he, do you think he may be confused Jenkinson with Chambers and he thinks that um, he's actually loaned Jenkins out to Fulham? Yeah, I think he says uh, all these English boys all look the same. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, here we this go. Here's the racism. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. I, I, I'm a white European the same, so I, I get I touch with the same person. Right, we've jumped back to very, very final question, and then we're closing down the show for the, the week. Um, and this is um, for Manny, I suppose, and everyone else to contribute a little bit in. Uh, you got a couple of minutes on this, Manny, because running short on time. And Manny asked a question, uh, and we've covered quite a lot of it in the show earlier. Ozil the Invisible. But why are the stats world class? Simple. He's the epitome of a flat track bully. Simple as that. You know, you're not going to play the big teams every week. You know, like the majority of the time you're going to play mid-table teams and the teams around the bottom. So it's easy for you to come out and, and create assists, you know, make goals against teams like Brighton and Huddersfield. And Man United done it for like years. Yeah, exactly. So when you, so when you um. So when it comes to actually performing in the big games, as we saw yesterday, as we saw against City, invisible Ozil, you know, it's, it, he's a flat track bully. It's as simple as that. Can't believe we're paying him 350k a week. Unbelievable. Anybody else? Yeah, I can't put much more on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made the point in another podcast where uh, players are so centered around stats 
they figure out little loopholes, physical loopholes where they can run into dead channels to boost their stats saying they made so many runs or so on and they move into positions where they show it they say they're showing for the ball but really they're playing themselves into dead ends just to boost their stats and you see, when you start looking at it through those kind of glasses you think look at per metasaka his passing rate was fantastic but all he used to do is pass the ball to uh Koshelny and he'd like a 95 percent or 99 percent accuracy in passing he was only passing at 10 yards across the pitch so yeah, stat- you can make stats, stats to look at anything. Yeah, exactly. You can manipulate your stats in any walk of life, any particular job. You can say, yeah, but I'm doing this, that, and the other. Look at my stats. But really, you, what are you actually doing? What you like? I you see it done. Zaka? I see it done year in, year out with um, various roles and various jobs. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Manny, do you want a final word on this one? Yeah, Johnny's spot on. He is spot on. It's like. You know when Ozil was getting that criticism about, oh, he, Ozil doesn't run. Oh, well, look at his stats. Oh, Ozil goes missing in big games. Well, look at his stats. It's the same with Xhaka. It was the same with Iwobi. Like you said, it's the same with Perma Tisaka. We are not about to use stats to judge what players actually do on the pitch. If I can't see it, if it's not obvious to me, then for me, it doesn't exist. So keep your stats. He's just stat padding, is he? That's what we reckon. Listen, guys, it's been a great, uh, great. It's been a different one being a Sunday, Sunday lunchtime. What did you, have you enjoyed doing it this early in the day? Hell yeah. Yeah, I Hell like yeah, it. It's good because no, it's been all right. and Sundays are usually chilled days. You know, Sundays are usually like the good chilled, relaxed days. So why not? Unless we're playing at four o'clock, then no, can't happen. Sundays, I, I well, I do volunteering in the morning. Then she drags me around the shops. So I try and go see my mum. Sunday is normally a, a quite a full-on day for me. By the time I get back here at half one, two o'clock, all I want to do is go right, fine, I'm going for a beer, and they're going to have me Sunday lunch and um, sit down in front of the telly and chill out. So yeah, it's a chill day, but not necessarily a podcast day. But listen, thank you uh, all of you for joining in. Remember, we're all Arsenal fans, um, and that's what this podcast is. It's, it, it's a it's an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Let's hope we um, we beat the uh, the Irons up the Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs>